Good morning. Morning. Yeah, how about this? Merry Christmas. And you guys are on the ball. Welcome to Connection. I hope that this, I hope I'm going to share with you some things this morning out of my life that you can probably relate with about this time of year. Now, as a kid, if you have children around children, or you can remember being a child, Christmas has always been special, hasn't it? It may or may not have been always the greatest, but it's always been special. My name's Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Connection, and I want to just give a great, big, humongous welcome. If you are visiting with us for the first time, you are not visiting a different church. You are just part of our family this morning, and we want to say welcome and we love you. We love you. Very much. We don't care. At Connection, if you, if you follow us with us at Connection, oftentimes you'll hear me say, you'll hear other people say, we do not care where you come from. We don't. Everybody has a past. Realize that. You're sitting amongst people that have a past. You're not, you're not in a perfect church this morning. Those don't exist. You're sitting beside some very broken people, but watch this. If they can remember back in their life, we're going to talk about this, but they can remember being really broken, really hurt, really in in dire need of some thing to come into their life and change them. And many in this church have found that. There's There's not a chemical formula. There is not a magic pill that I can give you. The transformation that happens in these people's lives and in our lives comes from the one and only true risen Son of God into our life. When God impacts your life, you're not the same. I hope that you grabbed a coffee or a water or popcorn. Some of you, if you've never come to Connection, you walked in you went, smells like the movies. Yep. Good. The only thing that we don't have yet is one of those ranch and salt, you know, like the ranch salt, and the cool salt dispensers that they have. We don't have a butter machine yet. Give us time, okay? We're still growing, okay? But <laughs> I hope, you know, being, being able to be up here to play guitar, I, I see differently than you do. I'm looking out, we, we look out as a minority to a majority. And I'm, I'm, it's, it blows me away. As many times as I've heard, Oh Holy Night, at Christmas time, when we did that song on Wednesday night, and I'm not going to tell any stories on the worship band because we're sworn to secrecy and we can't repeat those. But, but I'm telling you right now, that song, what an unbelievable worship song. Oh Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining. We're going to talk about this. And, and some of you think, well, we're going, to go, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2 today, and I've already heard this before. We're going to talk about the different characters in those first 20 verses. We're going to talk about the different characters and what they did. You're in for a little bit different worship service this morning. It shouldn't scare you, okay? We're not, the, we're not the epitome and the cookie cutter of normal. If you talk to a connection person, they'll tell you that's true. But this morning I want to talk to you just a second. And then we're going to do something completely different. And then we're going to do something completely different after that. And there's possibly a surprise today. Ha! 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 Merry Christmas. 
I remember this. Some of you that were with us a couple weeks ago, you saw my anticipation and my joy at 35 years old to remember back to the Christmas of 1990. I got a Nintendo. And it was awesome. My sister and I got a Nintendo. It was so cool. And you and I can remember these memories. Think, think with me for just a little bit. If you remember back, this week we're going to be concentrating on Christmas. And we, you know, it's not about presents, but you and I know that presents are nice, aren't they? A card is nice. A word of gratitude is nice. And I can remember this. That same Christmas I went to my grandparents' house. And then we went to another grandparent's house. And you know the story about how schedules and Christmas go. We were running 18 different ways. But I went to my grandparent's house, and that same year that I got my Nintendo, I remember getting this. Guys, maybe girls, you remember getting your first pocket knife? That's a rite of passage in my family. And I got an old-timer pocket knife. I still have it. Doesn't look the greatest, but I still have it. It's been used. I remember this. I remember, remember eating special treats that were only created on Christmas. And I didn't understand why, because they were so good. We just have them all year. But I remember going in and I would just smell marshmallow cream fudge coming from the kitchen. I can, I can remember eating this dish that's called slush. It's a frozen, frozen dessert that my grandma would make. On my birthday, she would make a perfect chocolate cake. It almost weighs nine pounds, no joke. It's, if you're a chocolate lover, it's heaven, okay? But we can remember these things. So I ask you today, I want you to do the same. I want you to think about some memories in your life. Maybe there's a certain memory that sticks out to you. Maybe, maybe you got your first sled. Maybe, maybe, maybe you got a, a dress. Maybe whatever, whatever that little thing was. Maybe somebody came home from the military. I had Christmases like that. My uncle was deployed. He came home. It was special. I want you to remember these presents. You know, I, I could have brought that pocket knife and I could have brought my Nintendo. I didn't want to bring my Nintendo because some of you would probably try to steal it, so I had to keep it at home. But I could have brought these things. And you can put, man, you can put all kinds of value on something like this. But let me tell you something. It's still a material thing. You were given the best present ever in the history of your life before you were born. 2,000 years ago. God sent His Son and he, is, he was born in a barn of a virgin There wasn't anywhere else for them to stay. If you're a mom, can you imagine laying your freshly newborn baby as you wrapped him up in cloths and you laid him in a feed trough? Talk about a humble beginning. I want to share something with you. That is the greatest present you and I have ever or will ever receive in our entire life. Without Jesus being born, let me tell you this, ready? Without Jesus being born, we can't have Easter. And I'm not putting one above the other one, but I'm just telling you, they work in pretty direct correlation. Without coming, He can't die. If you have your worship handout, that's this, this uh, ivory cream colored piece of paper. If you flip it over into the open section, my blank people are going to be really happy. we got blanks today. But check this out. Hope is alive. It's the title of the sermon. I hope that this week as you go for, towards family and you, and you do different things and you, you go to the grocery store, avoid the grocery store the 23rd and 24th of December. Just, just go tomorrow. 
Okay? My dad was a grocery guy for a long time, and I remember. Hope is alive. Hope is alive. We celebrate Christmas when Jesus came to this earth. We celebrate Easter whenever Jesus gave up His life on the cross and on the third day, hallelujah, praise God. Do you know that you and I have no hope without God raising Jesus from the dead? We have have zero. We have zero. Can you imagine? If you're a believer or a follower of Christ, can you imagine going through this life without that? If you're here today and you don't have that hope, I want to tell you something. We celebrate Christmas because we can confirm out of secular history that the birth of Christ really happened. Really happened. And Jesus came to this earth. And He came with one purpose. Ah, To see how much He could love on Matt. No. He came to die. He was the only one that could pay for it. And He came to die. Oftentimes we remember these things. We remember these memories about Christmas. We remember these things about what God has done for us. I ask you to remember this. Now, this is going to put this whole service in a whole other avenue right now. I want you to think, if you can remember back, if you're a follower of Christ, I want you just for a split second to remember what your life was like before God. Pain, addiction. What is it? I'm not asking you to say it out loud. I'm, I'm saying, remember. Remember what it was like before you encountered God. Maybe you're here today. I told you this is going to be different. Maybe you're here today and you do not have, you don't understand what this relationship is. Maybe you don't understand what it means to be, wow, they use the church word again. They said, they said Christian or believer or follower. Maybe you're here today and you don't have you don't know who God is. Very quickly, listen to me. Very quickly. God's son Jesus was sent to this earth and that's how he, and how and why we celebrate Christmas. Did it happen in December? I'm not going to get into it, but probably not. Okay, we celebrate it now. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're looking back on. We're remembering. Jesus came and Jesus never sinned, not one time. Not one time. And some people didn't like what He was doing because He was God's Son. So they arrested Him, they put Him on trial, and they convicted Him to die on a cross. Now when Jesus dies on the cross, let me tell you the mathematical sequence here. When Jesus dies on the cross, He bears the weight of all of our sin. Just think about that your life. He took all those times that you were smart aleck to your parents. I'm, in, I'm included in this. He took, all, he took all the stuff that you lied, that you, that you stole, that you, that you acted out of, out of, out of rage, that you, that you gossiped about someone, that you, that you thought wrong thoughts, that you thought lustful things, that anything that's a sin. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, God in heaven had to pour it out on His Son. And He poured it onto His Son. And Jesus died. And for three days, Satan thought he had won. (laughs) But on the third morning, he realized he was in a whole lot of trouble. Because God spoke three of the most amazing words that we will ever hear. 
He looked into the tomb of his son that was laying there, and he said, Arise, my love. And Jesus walks out of the tomb, conquering death, paying for our sin, in order that we can do this, in order that we can have a relationship with him. And if that makes any sense to you, you say, say Matt, well, if I become a Christian, will all my problems go away? No. That's the biggest lie you could ever hear. Jesus never says that. He tells His disciples, you're going to die because you believe in Me. And because you do works for Me, you're going you're to have pain. But the retirement plan is out of this world. A relationship with Christ means that you can spend an eternity in heaven. And if you would, right now, I just want you to, I just want you to bow your heads with me. Everybody in here. Everybody in here. If, you, if, if you're thinking, hey, may, I don't have this relationship with Christ. I don't have any hope. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And these are not magic words. You're going to tell God that you're sorry for your sins and that you want to follow Him. That's all this is. Relationship with God. And God said He would come into your life and save you. And I want you to... If you're, if you're serious about this and if you believe in your heart, I want you to just say these words with, just to yourself. Just say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus came to this earth to die for my sin. That He really died and that You raised Him from the dead. I ask You, God, to come into my life and create a relationship with me. Forgive me from the sin that I've done in my life. I ask You to save me. In your heavenly name. Amen. Everybody look up here just for a second. If you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to make you come up here. I'm not going to make you do cartwheels on the stage. That was a relationship between you and God. And if you were very, very serious, I want you to do something for me. While you're sitting there, listen to my, listen to my sermon. You can fill out this card in the front part of your thing, of your worship handout. And the very first line, it says, it says, uh, <laughs> today I prayed. On the very last one. Today I prayed to become a Christ follower. If that was you, I want to, I want to know. Not because I'm going to embarrass you. I want to talk to you. Okay, the next, next week, next today, next couple weeks, I want to talk to you. And if you, create, if you have that relationship, I want, to tell, I want to talk to you about something. You guys can go ahead and go to your, go to your places. You know, we, at Connection, we do, something, we do something a little bit different. I told you it was going to be different. We're going to get to take face down. You know what the cool thing is about face down? Face down is, is also called Eucharist. It's also called the Lord's Supper. When Jesus was in the upper room, what better, what better holiday to remember Jesus, by the way, what He did for us. We're gonna, in a minute, we're going to play a video on the screen. And you're, and you're going to come down to wherever you are. If you're a follower of Christ, if you just prayed that prayer with me, and you, and you believe that, you are, you are a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, and you can take this. So I invite you, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, please come take this with us this morning as we, uh, as we listen to the video. But when Jesus was talking to His disciples, He said this. When Jesus was in the upper room, He had, he had a glass of wine and He had bread. And He did this. He said, guys, listen, this is, this is my body and this is my blood that is going to be, you know, in a very, very short future, is going to be broken for you. I'm going to bleed for you. I'm going to pay the price for your sin. But he says, every time that you take this special meal, I want you to do something. This is beautiful. Just like I like to remember, and you like to remember back to those Christmases. 
Think about this. When we take the Lord's Supper, remember what Jesus did for us. And in a minute when the video is going to play, I invite you to come. There are Jack and Leonard in the back. There's two groups up here. We have a lot of people today. Just kind of go in somewhat of a, a normal line. But I ask you to do this. Maybe before you take it today, maybe before you come and take this Lord's Supper, or while you're taking it, I want you to do something very special. And sometimes we have a hard time doing this as humans. I want you to remember maybe what, it, what your life was like. Maybe you've been brought through some crazy stuff. And God is that source of your strength and your power. I want you to just take a little bit, just a few seconds and say, God, I couldn't have done this without you. i tell you something. I'm glad that the majority of you didn't know me before our connection. God has done amazing things in my life. And why He chooses to use me or you or people because of our brokenness is beyond me other than this. He loves you because He loves you because He loves you. As we start this video, I just ask you to come. After you take, after you take the bread, you dunk it in the juice and you eat it, you can go back to your seat. You can take it back to your seat. But whenever you're ready, go ahead and play that. Yes, 
Turn to your invitation We remember you And dying you destroyed our death Rising you restored our life Jesus come in glory Lord Jesus come in glory If, you're, if you've been with Connection, I remember in, back in the primary center in the school before we got this building. And I remember that we used to be able to take face down with one loaf of bread and one cup. And we used to be able to do it in about two minutes. You know how good our God is? How, how much He loves you. I want to share a story with you. 
Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the very familiar Christmas passage in Luke chapter 2. If you don't have your Bible, it's going to be on the screen. And I'm going to be looking at, at the New Living Translation. It gives us a little bit different look at the words. And I want to share some things with you that maybe you've never heard before about this, about this story. And I'm just going to read, okay? So just follow along in your Bible. I am going to go back to some of these verses if you want to underline, uh, if you want to mark in your Bible. But Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And I, I ask, I'm just going to ask God to, to come into our... I know He's here. Okay, I know the Holy Spirit's here. I'm going to ask Him to help us listen today. Because we're going to remember something that changed the course of history. Just pray with me. God, we thank You so much. We thank You for Your love. We thank You that we can celebrate this day. We celebrate this week. We celebrate this time of year because You sent Your Son with one mission. To pay for our sin so that we can have a relationship with You. God, we will never be able to repay or do enough things to repay that. So God, I ask that this morning that we begin to understand how we can worship You with our life. That we can have communion with one another. That we can have brothers and sisters with one another. That honors and edifies and glorifies You. In Your name we pray. Amen. In verse, in verse 1. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus Decreed a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken by Quirinius, or when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to have or for her baby to be born. In verse seven, she said, "She gave birth to her firstborn, her first child, a son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them." That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That includes you and I, by the way. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize Him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloths lying in a manger. It's pretty specific. It's pretty specific. When Luke goes back and looks at this, and he interviews probably the shepherds and Mary, this is, this is a pretty intricate, unique... Not too many babies probably lying in a manger wrapped up in strips of cloth, right? In verse 13, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. 
But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Look at your worship hand out on the next blank right here. I told you this earlier. Without the birth of Jesus, there is no Easter. Now, it's like, oh wait, you switched gears talking about Easter. No, we're going to go back to this. There are a lot of things in that Luke chapter 2 story that we just read and be like, oh yeah, 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 the census, blah, 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 came from the city of David, blah, 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 angels, blah, 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 singing, blah, blah, blah. Do you understand the intensity and the immensity of this story? Can you imagine what it would be like to go out on... You know, north of town where there are no street lights and it's in the middle of the country and you're watching sheep. Sheep. Sheep are dumb. You know this. Sheep are not intelligent things. And their only job is to keep the sheep safe. And God sees it important enough to send angels, multiple, vast numbers. Can you imagine what that sounded like? When they were just praising God in the middle of a field? There is no Easter. Jesus was born so He could die. Now, we think, why? Why does Jesus have to die? He's the only one that can possibly have paid for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God. We look at this story very often, every Christmas. I remember going over another memory. My grandma and grandpa had one of those, I'm talking like mega, huge, giant family Bibles. Yeah, they're huge, okay? Great big white on the outside, gold lettering all the way around it. Ours is just a little bit smaller. It's red, it's still got the gold around the thing. But I remember going over there, and there would be just this elaborate tree with every ornament known to man, including homemade things that would really embarrass Jennifer and I as we got older. And your pictures, and we see this, and we see all these things. And you can't laugh at me because I know that you have one of these trees. <laughs> And I remember we would see elaborate presents and we would see elaborate bulbs and we would see all the stars and the shining twinkle lights and all, all of this stuff. But every single year, that Bible would be open to Luke chapter 2 at Christmas time. And if they forgot, it would be open all year. <laughs> but they would be open, Luke chapter 2, during Christmas. And I remember walking by that thing. I mean, the words on this thing are like this tall. I mean, it's like super mondo, mega huge print. It's like 88 font. I don't know, it's huge. I remember walking by it. And we can look at these stories and we can see the angels and the shepherds and all of this. And we can just read it and we can read it really, really, really fast. But I want to talk about some different characters in here and it may surprise you. It may not, but it may surprise you. Maybe God is going to challenge us by looking at a story that's over 2,000 years old. Look at this next blank on your worship handout. You can go ahead and fill these in. Mary and Joseph were obedient. The angels rejoiced, and the shepherds glorified and praised God. Now we're talking about Mary and Joseph. The Roman emperor had issued a census. Hey, if you were born here, you have to come back here. They were looking for the ancestors of the city of David, where David was from. Joseph is in David's line, therefore Jesus is in David's line. And if you look at the Old Testament, or a couple chapters later in Luke, you see 
uh, you see the relationship to Jesus, born of Joseph, and it goes all the way back, and the very last one it says, and Adam was the son of God. He's in the line. Okay? People feel like, well, we can just discredit Jesus because there is, there, there's nothing ever said about Him. There are 380 prophecies, over 380 prophecies in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled. Okay, he is the only one ever to fulfill this one. You ready? He was born of a virgin. We should just stop there, okay? He qualifies. He would be born in Bethlehem. He would never have a bone broken. Okay, he would come out of the house of David. All of these things match. The mathematical... If you've, if you've gone through the case for Christ, the mathematical possibilities of this happening are just infinitely not good. But Mary and Joseph were obedient. Look, so we see that they went. They issued a decree, a decree for the census, and they and they went. Now, watch how, what this relates to. Roman governor gives a rule. They're Jewish. They don't. They don't. You know, they don't get along. The Romans tax them, and whatever they can get out of them, they get. So there's a rule. So Joseph and Mary could have said, "Well." We're just two people, going to be three. We're, we're not that important. We're not going to go. No, they went. Oftentimes, you and I have, a, have something going on in life and God says this. I need you to do this. Oh, you know, mm, nah. It's too easy to say over it. Now, God, if you could just, if you could just help me here. You know, you know, make that right here in my comfort zone, my sweet spot. That'd be great. God says, maybe I want, I want you to do this. And God is seeking for us to be obedient. You guys, every single person in here, could have found five or six hundred other things than to come here this morning. No, I'm glad that you didn't, okay? But you, you, you're obedient. You're giving your time, your money, your fuel. I'm, we have children. I know what it's like to get up and you know, get children ready to come to church, right? You sacrifice sometimes. Sometimes you sacrifice your own sleep to get them up and ready. So are we being obedient, obedient to what God has for us? Look, we looked at Mary and Joseph and they're wow, they, they just went. It doesn't say that they argued. It doesn't, it doesn't say they had a conversation. It said, Mary goes, you know, Joseph, I'm getting ready to have this baby. Now, just think about this. If you're a woman in here and you've ever given birth or you've ever been pregnant, I want you to, I want you to think about this. Almost full term and you get to ride on the back of a donkey Oh, joy, that's got to be comfortable. There was no saddle. You know how awesomely behaved donkeys are anyway, right? They're not stubborn at all. And you get to bounce on top of this thing all the way to Bethlehem. Would it have been easier to stay home? But they went. They were obedient. Oftentimes, God says, I want you to go here. But God... It's bumpy, it's hilly, it's muddy. I don't, I, I don't want to go there. He said, didn't ask you if you wanted to. I want you to. Are we being obedient? Look at what the angels did. The angels rejoiced. Now, I want to show you something really quick. Rejoicing to an angel is this. They have a party when they worship. You know how I know this? If you look in the book of Revelation, John gets a glimpse of heaven and he sees these created beings. Angels do not have soul. They are created beings and they are created for one purpose. You know what that was? To praise God. Forever. Forever. John tells us this. He says, these angels, some of these angels that I saw, 
Some of these angels that I saw, they had six wings. And we're like, wow, cool, Hollywood eyes, that. No, just get, listen. With two of them, they covered their eyes. Now listen to this. Because God is too holy, they can't even look at Him. It's the same God that sent you His Son, by the way. He can't even look. They're created heavenly beings and they can't even look at God. And with two, they cover their feet. Now think about this. God is so holy that they can't have Him look at them. So, you know, you know, so you've got two wings on their feet, two wings here. They, they can't see God and God can't see their feet or their face. And with the other two that they fly around. Now, I don't know how to... You know, they're not like Tinkerbell. Okay? And the, the, this, is, this, is, this is heaven's army. When you start talking about angels, you're just talking about God's army. Not weak. Not passive. Strong. And with the other two, they fly and listen to what they say. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Forever. They have been saying it since God created them and they will keep saying it until eternity's gone. Do that math. Some of you mathematicians, tell me when eternity's going to be gone. I don't, it's not possible. They're created beings. The angels rejoice. When the angels realize... Has anybody seen the Santa Claus with Tim Allen? I've seen it like 17 times this year. My girls really, really, really like it, and it's a little bit of a shift from Frozen. So we watched it. And <laughs> when Santa Claus talks to the elves, what do they do? They stop, they pay attention. When he cheers, they woo! And then when Tim Allen says, What do they say about Santa and all the elves at one time? He delivers. All at the same time. Now, I'm not, I'm not comparing the Santa's elves of Tim Allen's the Santa Claus to the angels of heaven, but listen to this. Do you have any comprehension? The, the, the Bible says that the angels are jealous of you and I. Oh, listen, they cannot have this relationship that me and you can with God. They're created beings. They're not humans. They do not have a soul. God created us and He said, I put them above all of my creation. You, me. We can have that relationship with God. Now think about this. Jesus came for one reason, right? He came to die. He came to live. He came to serve. He came to die. So that we could have that relationship. So this. Do you have any idea how happy they would have been to celebrate this? In your memory bank, you can recall... Baby's first Christmas. Baby's first birthday and the icing all over the kitchen. You can remember how many people came to your house. You can remember the celebration. The angels were celebrating the birth of God's Son. And man, they just went to the upper of the ups. They went to the Pharisees and they went to the kings. No. (laughs) No, no. No. He went to the shepherds. In verse 13 it says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. Can you imagine that sight? Can you imagine how awesome it is? 
me, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a picture. I like giving you very relevant pictures about worship. These angels were worshiping God. Now watch this. I was at a funeral yesterday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't worship and go to a funeral. Listen to this story. My best friend's grandmother passed away, 84 years old. Been married to her husband Ernie for 65 years. Beautiful lady. Beautiful, beautiful, awesome, great cook. Beautiful and a phenomenal follower of Jesus Christ. And they, they played one of my favorite hymns that, I, that I've ever sang or heard in my entire life. And there was a lady that was sitting right here beside her husband. And her husband was one of Ernie's fishing buddies. They were very close. And all, all of a sudden, we hear over the speaker, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. <laughs> and I watched this lady. I'm sitting in the back and I'm very emotional. I loved Mabel Kiefer very much. Been in her house since I was about 10. Adopted grandma, I have a lot of them. But I was sitting back there like, man, God, you are so good. Even in the funeral. And I watched this lady who's unbelievable. She did not do it for show. She did not do it for anything else. But when it hit on the chorus and she, and she heard, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. She's sitting in a funeral and she does this. And she just begins to worship the hope that she has in Jesus Christ. You know how awesome that is? And Mabel was no longer filled with cancer or filled with pain or aging or glasses or anything. And she, this lady was friends with her and she was just worshiping no more pain. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. The angels are saying, blessed assurance, He's here! He's here! And the shepherds, the shepherds, these were, these were guys that were this. If you had a socially average person that was right here, shepherds are about here. Okay? They're nobodies. They take care of sheep. Study how smart sheep are. Or lack thereof. They're not intelligent animals. They're not greatly intelligent. And they were in charge of these. So if you're in charge of, of an animal that's not... A whole lot intelligent. What does that say? You're just, they're lowly people. And they choose, the angels choose to go. Look at this. It says, the angel appeared to them and they went. They were obedient. Listen again, look at, listen, listen to verse 15. If you have your Bibles, you can look. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, okay? So, big party, huge light show, poof, they're gone. I don't know how it went. I'm just going to say, poof, they were gone. I don't know. I don't know if there was like dust or, well, I don't know. Okay? But listen to what it says. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Alright, back to watch the sheep. You are insane. If you know there's no way that angels came and encountered these guys and they go, well, back to normal. No, look at what they said. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. And I do not think they spoke this. Luke includes an exclamation point. Therefore, I think it was loud. Let's go now. Let's go. They didn't take the sheep, I don't think. They just left. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they walked really slowly. If you're in your Bible, look in verse 16, if they walked very slowly. No, they said they hurried. You know, you we talk about different things in the Bible, and oftentimes, whenever God impacts someone's life and they, He says go, do you know there are certain people that He, he affects and in our lives too? 
that they don't walk to get to where God wants. You see people running to meet needs. Now watch this. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. There was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone. Now telling everything, everything to everybody, if it's a negative thing and it's called gossip, is not good. But this is, this is what they did. They could not find someone that they didn't want to tell. Think back. Think back. Use your memory. Do you remember getting that special present that you asked for? You remember? How cool it is? And the first thing that you did, if you're a social media kid of the social media generation, if you got a, a PlayStation 4, I'm going to tell you right now, before you even unwrapped it, you are sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, texting your friends, texting your mom, and they gave it to you. Hey, I just want to let you know that I got one. And she's like, yeah, we wrote the check. <laughs> you, you want to tell everything. This is not about a PlayStation or a knife or a gun or a dress or a sewing machine or a car. This is about the greatest present that was ever given. Ever. It says, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. This is one of the most special parts of this entire story. Luke interviewed these people to write this book. And when he talked with Mary, she said, you know, all of this stuff was going around around me. In the future, there would be there would be men from the east to bring to bring gifts. There were there were there were the shepherds. There were there were angels. There were all kinds of things. It says Mary was quiet, and she kept thinking about these things. Do you know what I think? It says she thought about them often. Can you imagine those things running through your head when your son is arrested, is beaten, is flogged, and is put on trial, convicted of blasphemy, put on a cross, and is killed? came to die. He came to die and we can't pay for that. We can't, we can't, we can't do enough good. We can't, we can't say enough good. The shepherds did what they knew how to do and they glorified and praised God. In verse 18, these are socially low people. In verse 18, look at this. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. Normally they wouldn't even listen to what these guys say and they're like, no way. Really? Angels. And when you hear somebody caught a big fish and they say, hey, you see about the fish that, did you hear about the fish that I caught? First thing, if it's my buddy, they say, do you have a picture? And they say, no, I, I, it was too hot, I need to get the fish back in the water before I can take it. No, no, it doesn't count. If they ask one shepherd to say, what did you see? And he said, dude, there were... There were angels everywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did you see? And I would imagine that they were just astronomically just wowed. We saw, I don't know how many there were. And when somebody started talking to them and they started putting the picture together that they all saw the same thing, guess what? They were astonished. And they, they honored, they glorified, they praised God. They told everyone. They told everyone they saw about what God had done. Now I want you to remember this. Remember when I asked you to remember what your life was like before God, then we took face down. Now watch this. 
These guys glorified and praised God. They told everybody they saw about what God had done. Do you know that it's very, very good for me and you to do this? Somebody comes along in my life and they struggle with, with X, Y, and Z. And it's something that I went through. Do you know that I can literally... speak? It's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a person that's broken and messed up. And I'm forgiven. But if they struggle with something that I've struggled with, do you know how easy it is for me now that I've practiced this? I can go to them and say, Hey, I know exactly what you're feeling. I know exactly what you're going through. But let me share something with you. My God is bigger than this stuff. My God was bigger than depression. My God is bigger than addiction. He's bigger than any problem than you can put in front of Him. He's bigger. And let me tell you something. These guys had never seen anything that big. And when God comes into our life, and He, he, he works through us, maybe you're having a bad day, a bad week. You may say, 2015 really wasn't a good time. Okay. God's bigger. God's bigger. Ah, how do you know? Listen, let me tell you something. I have seen God restore marriages. I have seen God heal people of addiction through them working, through them trusting Him. I have seen people forgive people they've been mad at for over 20 years. I've seen someone in my immediate family forgive someone that physically hurt them. God is bigger than anything. Don't lose hope this season. Hope is alive. Look at the next worship handout. Hope is alive. You think, well, I'm just down in the gutter and I don't have any hope. Listen. If you like Big Daddy Weave, they sing a song that's awesome with this. Love comes to life. Love comes to life inside of me. Whenever we have that relationship with Christ, He comes in. He paid the price for our sin by giving His life. And we celebrate it, man. We celebrate it with... The, I think the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is awesome. And we celebrate that... Somebody like doctors up their house and gets Carol the Bell lights and... And they're like, wow, this house is cool. And we got this 18-foot... My last name is Griswold, but we do not have an 18-foot tall Christmas tree. But they have this huge Christmas tree in the house and it's beautifully decorated. Let me tell you something. The biggest, the most intimate, and the most special present that you and I ever you and I have ever got is not for our birthday or Christmas. It came in the form of a baby because he came to die. But on the third day, when he grew up, on the third day when God raised his son from the dead, this became exceptionally true. He says this if I can conquer death, I can conquer anything. I brought my son back to life. Your, your thoughts, your this, your attitude, your anger, your whatever, it's not bigger than me. Trust me. Let me take you there. When life is hard, when life is tough, celebrate. Whoa. You always celebrate when something good happens. Listen to this. When, when life is hard, when life is tough, celebrate what God has done in your life. This week, use your memory. 
Maybe, maybe you don't have Christmas holidays that you want to remember. Okay, how about this? If you're a follower of God this week, as we remember God sending His Son Jesus, remember this. And I can remember when I really, 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 really struggled with that. And I haven't done that for a while. God, thank You. I don't have to have a 20-ounce ribeye anymore. They're nice. But I don't have to have that. God, thank You for the relationship that I have with my parents. Thank You for the relationship that I have with my sister. And here's the deal. If you don't have a relationship that's going so well, God is bigger than that. Go to them. Tis the season. Say, I'm sorry. Well, I can't do that. If you understood how freeing those words were, you wouldn't hesitate. Hope is alive. So we've talked about celebrating. You know we've had a different service. So I invite you in just a second. I want us to, we're going to celebrate as we pray. Okay? We're not going to we're not going to cheer. I don't have pom-poms to hand out, okay? I'm going to ask us all to stand in just a second. And when I, when I pray, I just, want to, I just want you to thank God for what He's done in your life. You've got to celebrate a face-down service. You've got to be around people that you love. You know how cool it is to come to church and realize that I have a huge family. It's awesome. Why? Because God has intervened in some of our lives and He has physically, emotionally, and spiritually completely changed us. Hope is alive. You know, there was a time that I didn't think that statement was true. If you're there, if it's dark where you live right now, let me tell you something. Hope is alive. Hope is big. Jesus is alive. So we celebrate. And sometimes we celebrate when it's fun, Sometimes we celebrate with something serious. Sometimes we just need to celebrate. So I'm going to invite you to stand. And as you stand, please just bow your head. If, you, if, you're, able, if you're able, please stand. Just bow your head. You can, you can lift your hand, but I just, want you to, I just want you to pray. Just pray to God. Tell Him thank you for what He's done for you. God, we thank You so much for what You do for us. We thank You for the opportunities that we have at Connection, God, to do um, something special this morning. We thank You as we just celebrate Your birth and as we have a little bit of fun. We just ask, God, that You just be with us, that You be with us this week, God, and that we have a great time. In Your name we pray. Amen. We got a fun song for you today, guys. Just say Merry Christmas to everyone. Everyone will probably know this song, so just go in with it.
telling me can take the freeway down. 